0: Are we live? I guess we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the return edition, the off-season edition, the NBA draft lottery edition of Orlando Magic Live. Uh, my name is Philip Prossenreich, editor of Orlando Magic Daily. I am joined by my cohort, Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post. Zach, it's been kind of quiet around here, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, except for this thunder that we've been having for the last about hour and a half. It's, it's been pretty quiet and yeah. in these streets.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little quiet in Orlando. It's been about a month since the season ended. I can't think of, uh, of anything that's been going on with the Magic of late. Can, can you?
1: I mean, I know I still have a job. Do, do you still have a job?
0: Well, I certainly did not resign my job. I'm still, I'm still here kicking. So, um, obviously, we're beating around the bush a little bit. Uh, the big news in Orlando Magic land, the, the news that you just can't escape at all, and, and we wanted to make sure we got on the air before the draft lottery began and talked a little bit about the offseason, about the end of the season, uh, as well as the resignation of Scott Skiles last week. Caught everyone by surprise. Um, even the magic, it seemed like. What was, I mean, I, I know we've talked about it. What was your reaction when, when you saw that Scott Skiles had resigned?
1: I, I woke up at about 10.45, and I had probably... Ten or twelve texts from a multitude of people. Like, well, what the hell happened? What? And then I look at my phone and I see that Scott Skiles has resigned, and I was just like, um, "Well, that that escalated quickly. Um, that it it was just completely blindsiding. Like, I don't think that anybody could have expected that, you know." I think that we could tell that maybe Scott wasn't always the happiest. And that was probably due to the fact that the team was not very good for about half the season. But I don't think any of us would have been able to point to this being the end all with it, especially with what three years left on his contract.
0: I I think it was three years left on his contracts. You know, obviously you know, you sign. I mean, when you sign up to be a coach, you don't sign up just just for one year. Um, I think he knew the challenges that this team was facing. It was a young team. It was a team that hadn't experienced a lot of winning. He was brought in to establish some some credibility uh, and establish some accountability. Uh, for the team and and I think in a lot of ways he did that and that's part of the reason why the team struggled I think they resisted it a little bit because they've, they've been kind of set in their ways in some ways and they needed a you know kind of a slap on the wrist or a kind of a quick quick uh, kick in the butt um, but for whatever reason uh, things didn't click they didn't they did I mean for, for whatever I mean and it didn't feel this way during the season I mean Skiles is the kind of guy that a lot of faults and one of them is he cares about winning the individual game. He sometimes doesn't see the forest for the trees, and I think that's ultimately one of the reasons why he resigned. This is this is an organization that's still looking at the forest, and Skiles saw a team that didn't make the playoffs uh, and couldn't make the playoffs, maybe without some 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 changes and maybe some fundamental changes that the franchise isn't willing to make. What do you make of the rumors that have been, that have come out about why Skiles stepped away, and, and what does that say about? Moving forward,
1: I think that some of it probably shows that the Magic are really bought into this rebuild. I mean, we're we're going into the what fifth season next year, and obviously, I think it's probably going to be better. You know, we expect them to go in and make some moves this summer to to improve and and get some more veteran leadership. But Skiles is like you said, he's, he's somebody that looks at in, in a much smaller picture than the team does. And I think ultimately that's what probably where the, was the big, biggest difference is he probably wanted to move on from some of these guys already, especially Alfred Payton, who it appears that the team really holds pretty highly and that Skiles wasn't enamored with too much. And You know, I I think that the philosophical differences show that the Magic believe in their players, and that the their players are more important than what one coach could think about their players.
0: And and I think one thing that um you know what caught me by surprise in some way was you know the the questions that we're asking about you know which players should be on the team which players the magic should move forward with these these are important questions for the team to ask these are uh questions that the magic need to need to be asking this year uh and they, and as rob hennigan said during the press conference last week these are also things that he wants to have debates on and have discussion on but to me what caught me by surprise is I mean, you want to have these discussions. I mean, we've had these discussions. I've had these discussions with with fans, readers, followers. I'm sure you have too. We've had arguments. I mean, people have their guys that they like and, and, you know, see ceilings differently. But at the same time, all these guys are so young, it's so hard to give up on anyone. Like, Alfred Payton didn't have his best season this year. And I think we all saw that as the season was going on. But... I saw them as growing pains. I saw them as him fighting some things that uh, he needed to learn how to fight and, and play through. Yep. And at the end of the season, it looked like things were coming together for him. So to say that that relationship or that, you know, that belief is unsalvageable to me was, is, is, is strange to hear. Um, I guess this is a good segue um, for two things. first, Uh, We are doing a Google Hangout here, so uh, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to drop them in the Q&A on the Google Hangout. We'll answer them as best we can um, as the show progresses. Um, The second segue uh, is, you know, we haven't talked since the end of the season. um, So, you know, talking about Alfred Payton is a good way to start this. Uh, How would you assess the Magic's 2016 season now as we move into this offseason?
1: I think it was equal parts – disappointing and equal parts good because as you said, we had so many questions that we needed to answer. And I think we started to really answer those and the team needed to take that next step. You know, you've said it and I've said it, this season was pretty much what last year needed to be. They needed to start, they needed to start turning the corner. They needed to, to answer those questions and, and even ask more about who they have and what could be the ceiling of, the bunch that they had and that just didn't happen they for all intents and purposes they regressed last year i mean that was a very bad basketball team
0: yeah last last year's team yeah at times yeah it certainly was and and i think uh, so the, certainly we didn't get all of our questions answered right. that we needed and and i and i think even that is a good thing in many ways that the the issue now is you've got to stop collecting assets and you've got to start moving forward and building team. And I think we kind of saw that and them deciding to move on from Tobias Harris. Um, I know there's, there's a report circling around that the magic actually started looking to move Tobias Harris fairly quickly after the deadline. It was clear he was their plan B they wanted, they wanted Paul Millsap. He would have been the, the piece that fit perfectly. Um, that didn't happen. They had a good backup plan. They, they tried it working. They needed to mix something up to, to have a shot at the playoffs and, to progress as a team uh, and to, to feature the guys that, that they truly believe in, um, I think what last year showed is that this group is currently composed doesn't quite work, and so now we enter this off season, where I think the magic have to pick their horses, decide who they're gonna who they're gonna back, and which guys they need to be ready to move on from, and that's where these these heated debates are supposed to take place, and that's where these heated debates are supposed to lead to something resembling resembling progress and, and that's why I'm kind of confused why Skiles um, didn't want to be a part of that or couldn't be a part of that um, as, as the case may be we don't really know uh, so I mean at this point what do you see as the big move the Magic have to make to take that next step can they come back with this roster and add a couple of veterans as, as um, some people seem to suggest uh, this offseason
1: I I guess it probably depends on the level of the veterans that you're adding and where you're adding them because if you're adding guys if you're hypothetically if you're adding like a Jason Smith level guy who's a 7th or 8th yeah, man not. that's not going to make an impact if you're adding, you know, an Al Horford or
0: a max level guy a,
1: a max level guy or even you know just like a, a mid-tier guy, maybe somebody like a Kent Bazemore, maybe not him exactly, but somebody of that level that can kind of come in and give them some stability at one of the positions that they need help with, you know, then maybe we can start seeing, seeing them grow forward. And really, and I think you and me both agree on this. I th- I think that this is a summer that they try to cash in on somebody. And yeah. with the contract situations with, half the roster being on rookie deals, really the only guy that they can use if they want to get a, a big chip is Nikola Vucevic, which then...
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's the big salary they have to move.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they also have Ursan Eliasova's 8 million, 8.4 million quasi-expiring. So it, they have some pieces that they can move, but it just who's going to want to get, move, make a move for those pieces and what can you actually get.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's why some people, and, and, and this is a fair criticism, why some people were a little surprised by the Tobias Harris trade. Um, I think you act, I mean, if I'm looking at free agency, if I'm a free agent and I'm looking at this Magic team, yes, they've got a young core and yes, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, but you know, if I'm a free agent, unless I'm moving somewhere to get a bigger role, I'm looking at this team, and I'm not sure I can win immediately. If I know, I know a lot of people like the Al Horford idea, uh, giving him a max. But if I'm Al Horford, why why would I leave Atlanta? Why would I?
1: Why, why take would Why would he team? come to Orlando over?
0: Why would he come to Orlando to,
1: over a team like Dallas or Boston or staying at Atlanta exactly. or even going down to Miami? to replace Hassan Whiteside who most likely ends up out because the heat aren't going to be able to pay him.
0: Yeah, and and like that's the that's essentially the problem with the trade. With with that whole trade that they did was yes they freed up all this cap room but everyone else has cap room. So, you know, you can go after and sign one of these guys but ultimately you're gonna be taking a, you know, if you're gonna use this cap room on a Max guy, you're probably gonna be taking a risk and trying to tell, like, a I mean, I think everyone recognizes Harrison Barnes is gonna be max, but you're gonna, you're gonna tell Harrison Barnes, we're gonna make you the number one guy. You're gonna be the number one guy and see if he's receptive to that. You're gonna be asking someone to step up a role that they aren't playing right now. And to me, that is it's a calculated risk, but it is a huge agree, risk. Yeah. And I think, and I think if there's a criticism Of what Rob Hennigan has done, personnel-wise, I think I just saw a huge flash of lightning. Um, If there's a huge risk that Rob Hennigan, if there's a huge mistake that Rob Hennigan has made personnel-wise, it's where now in year four they've kind of let things simmer. He's he hasn't taken any risks. I mean, yeah, you can say drafting Aaron Gordon was a bit of a risk. It's a high upside risk. Um, Drafting Mario Izonia was something of a risk. Uh, But as far as bringing in a veteran, he hasn't taken. He has not kind of the big the big risk. Like chaining Fry was a risk, but it was a risk they could get out of. Like, like that, that contract, they definitely overpaid for him. But you saw, oh, th- they can get rid of that contract pretty quickly. Yeah, Tobias Harris, they, they maybe – I mean they didn't overpay for him. He got a max offer from someone else and wanted to stay in Orlando. But the way that contract was structured, it was pretty clear. The Magic could get out of that pretty quickly if things didn't work out um hennigan's done a good job maintaining flexibility but i think what i'm sensing from the fan base now as they've missed the playoffs four years and they're trying to take that next step forward is at some point you just you just gotta put your chips in and i think that's what we both kind of hinted at is, is what's going to happen this summer whether it's vucevic whether it's oladipo whether it's letting fournier walk and, and replacing him with someone whether it's shopping peyton around who who knows i mean that would be what, kind of maybe, maybe Did it's, that at this point but.
1: maybe it's moving Victor Oladipo. yeah you know i you know i you and i both agree on this i think that nobody on this match roster is untouchable no, no matter how they're playing you know there's guys that you're going to be hesitant to move and only going to want to move them if you're getting like an a star level player but you can't make everybody untouchable on a group that you don't really know what you have yet to be completely honest I mean they're still super young and you don't know what Mario Hazonia is going to be you don't know what Aaron Gordon's going to be you don't know what Alfred Payton's going to be I think you you probably have a good idea of what Victor Oladipo is at this point and and you know what Nikola Vucevic is
0: and, and, Hennigan, and Hennigan said this during exit interviews. Typically, by the end of the rookie contract, you know what a player is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Vucevic is what he is. Fournier is what he is um, for, for all, you know, and, and they have a big decision to make on Fournier. Uh, Oladipo, I think that we still all kind of see that ceiling and see him trying to, you know, tap on it a few times, but he hasn't gotten there full fully. And that's like a big thing that he has to do this summer. Gordon is still a bundle of potential. The Zonia is still a bundle of potential. Um, you know, there's still a lot about these, these guys that they have that, that we just don't know about, and they're, they're getting to a point where certainly ownership wants to push things forward a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, they, they need to because if, okay. if you're not pushing forward and you're not making that gradual improvement, what's going to make somebody like Al Horford want to come to Orlando? What, what's going to make Hassan Whiteside want to come to Orlando? You're not, yeah, not going to be able they, to get players if you don't show that tangible growth and that they're not. I, I mean, there's just still so many questions that need to be answered. And I, I mean, the big thing that we haven't even touched on is the fact that it's going to be the fourth coach in 15 months for this team.
0: Yeah, when you put it like that, it sounds much worse than than four coaches in three years. Like I like to say, um, but yeah, it's that it's just it can't it's, be fifteen months.
1: Okay, pr- closer to.
0: That's 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 not right. Oh, maybe what, it, no, that's not yeah, right.
1: No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because um, this is we're in May. Uh,
0: oh God, you are right. Jacques,
1: Jacques Vaughn was fired in February of last year.
0: Oh God, you are right.
1: And then James Borrego. And then Scott Skiles was hired for a season.
0: Man, well, like, they, there you have that. It, you, I, you, I can't count. It, I don't know time.
1: If if you don't have the stability with within your coaching staff, what's going to show somebody that you have stability within the organization? And and that that's one of the that, that's the I think that might be the biggest issue that the Styles reg- resignation brings forth is look. Why if a coach that's had success and is well regarded by some quitting after one year, then why, why would I want to go? Because if you're a star player, you expect to have some say in in some personnel moves. Like the general manager will come to you and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, obviously that's not going to be the end all be all, but what what's going to make you think that that's going to happen? And I think that that's one of the big things that is maybe being overlooked some. And I think that's, what's going to end up hurting the magic a lot this summer.
0: I, I, I agree. And it's not just the roster questions. I think it is the coach question now. And and it's certainly not anything the magic could control. They didn't go out and fire Skiles. Yeah. Skiles resigned. And, and although Skiles said in his statement, um, I, hope there are no unintended consequences of this. You know there is there are consequences of this that the magic have to deal with now. And this is going to be one of them. Um let's I mean let's we're almost to the draft show so I want to talk I want to make sure we talk a little bit about the draft before the lottery starts. Um, if you have any questions and you're watching on the Google Hangout be sure to drop them in the QA. We'll try and answer them as the show goes on. Uh we'll probably stay on a little bit after the lottery ends. Uh, we're watching it live as well. You'll see me look off to this, off to my left here. So you're right, I'm sure. I, I think Zach's looking off to to his left, my right uh, on the screen yeah, as well. So we're both watching slightly. it as it happens. Um, so don't don't be offended if we're looking off screen. Uh, I want to try and answer your questions if you have any for for either of us. Um, but before we get don't into for, the draft, don't forget if, if
1: if you're watching on YouTube with us, you can always tweet at us. We both have Twitter open, I imagine. So, yes. So we yes. will, we will um, see my, questions. My computer
0: likes, my computer likes to act slow when I'm running my Google Hangouts. So, uh, well, we'll try and get to those as well. Um, but before we move on to the draft, move on to the draft, uh, the question I have for you is it's been, a, it's been almost a week It's been five days. Plenty of rumors already starts going about the coaching search. Uh, who do you like in this coaching search? What have you, what, what, what do you, what are you looking for in a coach?
1: I think that, that the guy that they would be tickled to death if they could get is Frank Vogel. I think you, you need somebody who can come in, bring that stability that I was talking about, and somebody that's also had success. I think that, yeah, w- with this team, it's tough to go and, go with a first time coach because of what you need to you know show to free agents you know if you're going with somebody like Adrian Griffin who I think both of us agree is is pretty high on the list then you know that that might be something that's okay since he's been so highly regarded as an assistant and he's had that success with the Chicago, with the Chicago Bulls so maybe that's okay but I I think the guy should be Frank Vogel, I, I wrote that, and I, I I think that you mentioned something to me before we came on air that they might not be able to afford Vogel with still having to pay Jacques Vaughn for another season, I believe.
0: I think I think they're done with Vaughn.
1: I'm I'm not sure if the, if Vaughn's is done, but they still have. I
0: think, Vaughn, I think Vaughn's contract is done.
1: And then they, um, they still have... Um,
0: and then whatever severance they paid to Skiles, I, I can't imagine it's anywhere near his full salary. So it, it's I don't know if that's a huge consideration. Um, but, the, I mean, coaches are hired to be fired. Um, I think this year especially is a big year for the Magic. I think ownership ha- is going to put a lot of pressure on, on, on Rob Hennigan to build a playoff team, and that includes bringing in a coach. Um, and if they don't make the playoffs, I think that there is the distinct possibility that they could change GMs Um, as as sold to this plan as they are. They need it's, they need to see results. And I think last year showed they want to push for some results. Um, You know, maybe this whole fiasco bought the Hennigan another year, but you know, if you're a established coach like Vogel, you know, are you willing to come in for a GM that might be on shaky ground that that matters too? Um, Yeah. And, and if you're an owner and your GM might be changing soon and the vision might be changing soon, are you willing to pay top dollar for a top coach? Uh, for, you know, whatever it is. For what it's worth, Vogel is the best coach on the market. Um, like the draft, I think you go best player available. Um, we've seen how important a good coach can be with a young group. Um, as, no matter what you think about Skiles, he was infinitely better than, than Jacques Vaughn in a lot of ways. Um, he did begin establishing a culture of accountability. They did win games. They were successful in some ways, and and I mean, and so you can see the power of a good coach and a good coaching staff. And so, if you know, to Vogel, see what his vision for the team is. See what he thinks about this roster. See how he would run things, um, and and how he would shore up some of his shortcomings. Um, he doesn't have Paul George on this team, and those offenses in Indiana weren't particularly work. good. Bad. Um. Yeah. They were bad. So what does he do with this group that most people don't consider a good offensive team? Uh, those are questions you have to ask. This isn't a, this to me isn't – you know, it feels like a slam dunk because of Vogel's name and his pedigree. But to me, I'm so like – I'm a little – you know, when something's too, too much of a good thing, you, you should pause a little bit and ask, okay, mm-hmm. why – you know, is there, are there problems that we're not looking at because our eyes are getting big? Um, again, I'm not saying the Magic shouldn't hire Vogel. I, I, I'm a huge Frank Vogel fan. I think he's smart enough to figure this stuff out. Um, I don't think he has a particular type of team except for a good defensive team. That's what he wants. And, and, and that's the Magic ultimately what the Magic defensive. want. Exactly. So there's definitely that synergy there. Uh, but if they don't land Frank Vogel, I think Adrian Griffin is a really good option because if you're not going to sell free agents the new coach, you sell them, look, our coach resigned on us, resigned. He got, you know, he, for whatever reason, he no longer believed in the vision. But we still believe in these players, and we still believe in the coaching staff that was in place. So there is some continuity, and there is some stability if you keep Griffin. And Griffin is a well-respected player around the league and a guy that, um, that GMs believe is going to be a good head coach in this league. And so I- I'm okay with giving him his first opportunity here because of the, the continuity that he has with the roster
1: yeah, I, I think that that's a, a big thing that I was going to mention is if you go with Griffin, then you have that. And the Magic had a very good coaching staff this last year. Like, well, let's not – I thought so too. Let's not be wrong there. You know, things just didn't work out for some reason with Scott Skiles. But – and I think that at least to an extent that – how your coaching staff is built is a lot of how well your team actually does because you can have a great head coach, but if you don't have great, good to, you know, even great assistants or even league average assistance, then, you know, you might struggle like, and, and I think that a lot of this is, is their roster, but we see it with Brett Brown in Philadelphia. Brett Brown is a hell of a coach. And I, I think that we both agree yes. on that. Yes. They, they...
0: watch, I mean, if you're a casual NBA fan and you don't get league pass and you don't get a chance to watch the Sixers, they're get not a, a chance as... to watch a Sixers game. They're not talented at all as far as NBA talent goes. They play their butts off for yeah. him all season, no matter how much you're getting beat by. They're not an easy team to play.
1: And Brown's always one of the most impressive coaches when we talk to them before the game and after the game, when they're in town, I I think once, once Brown gets some talent there, the sky's going to be the limit for that Philadelphia team. Um, But I I think that um, I would, I would probably say that, that Griffin is going to end up being their guy and they'll just bring it, you know, maybe they go in and get somebody who has some head coaching experience to come in and kind of, be that associate head coach. Maybe you see a name like Jeff Hornacek who's been tossed around for the yep. head coaching job.
0: No, not bad, that's not a bad idea. Um, just, just to help him out. And it's not like Griffin hasn't been around some good names. He's, he was a Tom Thibodeau assistant okay. for yeah. five, six seasons. Um, NBA draft lottery is about to start. They have Heather Cox explaining how the draft lottery works. Uh, I wrote a big article. I'm sure you did too. I know Josh Robbins did explaining how the lottery works. Uh, you know, you, 1 through 14 in a in a drum, draw, draw four numbers to who, see who gets, you know, match the number to who gets it. Um, before we dive into maybe some of the specifics, Orlando Magic have the 11th best odds tonight. 0.8% chance of getting the first pick, 0.9% right. at the second pick, and
1: 1.2%. I think it's... Point eight, point nine five, and point very,
0: very, very, very tiny chance point, to get a top three okay. pick, and
1: then like one point one five for the top three picks. So, so you're saying so, there's a
0: chance? Yes, we're saying there's a chance. Um, the eleventh pick. There's a ninety percent chance they're going to end up with the eleventh pick. Uh, number combination the Magic have right now because I think that's funny. Um, I'd like to actually know what what combos they have, but uh, nerd. What do the Magic need to accomplish with this draft pick, assuming it's 11? Obviously, if it's one or two or three, they're getting a pretty good player. Uh, but at 11, what do they need to accomplish with the draft pick? What, are their, what do you think are, are some, of their, some of their options?
1: I think they, they need to accomplish a trade. And I, I don't think that they're in a position where they can add another young player that's going to take a year or two to be ready to give them what they need. I think that that's something, uh, a sentiment that you've shared with me as well, that, you know, they, they need the veteran leadership. If they can use a mix of players in the pick to get somebody great. If not, then you, you know, then you take the pick, you look at your options, you know, maybe you look at Denzel Valentine, who's probably going to be one of the more ready guys there um you could look at Scalabissier if he doesn't keep rocking a up draft boards who he's a project but he looks like he could be good Deontay Davis from Michigan State mm-hmm. another project big man and you have options I mean you could even go with Tyler Ulis there if you wanted to kind of shore up your point guard position a little bit if, if you don't believe that Shabazz well I don't think Many people believe that Shabazz no. Napier is going to be here long term.
0: It's whether you think it's whether you think C.J. Watson can stay healthy enough to be the backup point guard because yeah. that was the problem this year is, is they had to rely on Shabazz in December and that's about when in December January and that's when things really fell apart. And, and um,
1: even if you ha- even if uh, Uless doesn't play much next year, that that's fine. Like that gives him a year to learn under Peyton, who is going into his third year, and under C.J. Watson, who's a veteran. So yeah, you know, I think that's maybe a little bit more out of left field, but you know, that's something that they could. Uh, Rob
0: Hennigan going left field with a draft pick.
1: I know it's it's shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 with you on that boat. I mean, I think I I mean I think I was trumpeting this horn in February even. Um, you know, the Magic don't need another project. Um, it's clear they want to win now. Um, that may not be the right strategy, but. Uh, it's clear they want to win now. So if they're looking to win now, I think they've got to shop the pick and see if they can get someone to give to give them a veteran, not someone that they have to go out and sign, just to continue adding depth to the roster, um, try and build things up. But if if they end up keeping this pick, I actually kind of like. I, I, I've been watching a little bit of tape on on and uh, Deontay Davis. They're still both extremely raw, but they stay. They have a lot of physical tools. Uh, that, that I really like um, from from centers. Uh, they're, they're very different players from Nikola Vucevic. And at that point then, you now maybe have drafted your replacement for Nikola Vucevic. And that's really what you want to do, kind of is start grooming maybe players to replace some of the players that maybe don't fit the future when the team's going to be good. Uh, we both like, I mean, I think we both like v- Vucevic. He's a great guy. He's a good player, but... He has some shortcomings that are are going to hold him back, and 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 he improved defensively this year. I thought he had a good season, but I mean, he just there's just something there that fits.
1: His his inability to move laterally is a big issue, and you you can't. I mean, put he doesn't in hedge on pick and kind of... rolls, I
0: and mean, that's that's a huge problem.
1: Yeah, and we saw that you know throughout the season. You said. It doesn't seem like they know what to call out properly on their pick and roll coverages. And, you know, some of that comes down to the point guard because sometimes point guard calls out and then the rest of the time that usually comes to the person that they're putting in, in the pick and roll defense, because it's their job to call it out. So I, I think that that his shortcomings are, are clear and it's not a, it's not a knock on Booge. Like just some no. players just aren't good defensively.
0: Exactly, and 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 like we saw at the end of the year, he's really really effective coming off the bench. And you know you don't want to pay twelve million dollars for a guy coming off the bench. Although in this reality of the NBA, maybe you do. I don't know. Um, it, it's certainly something to consider. Uh, you know that the Magic just the Magic to me with this pick, the Magic have to be aggressive they have to at least search around and see what they can get and then make a decision should the impossible happen right now today who do you take with the number 1 pick in a draft if you're the Orlando magic
1: brandon ingram from duke i I've, i i've been on the ingram train for a while now i think he's going to end up being better than ben simmons you know i don't think that that ben simmons is going to be a bad player I just, no. I, I think that all the tools that Ingram has. I mean, he's super long. He's a really smooth scorer. He, he's going to be really good defensively. I, I think that that would fit in really well with what this team needs. And, you know, obviously, some people have compared him to Kevin Durant. That, that's probably like the tippy top best case scenario.
0: Yes. And, and I and I agree with you there. I, I like Ben Simmons a lot. I think that he's going to be a, a very good player. And I always, when you're at, when you're at number one or one or two, you take best player available and you figure the fit out later. But with where the Magic are at in their development, they are looking to make a roster. I think I think we said that earlier. I think you know we talked about this. The Magic are no longer trying to collect assets. They're trying to build a team. And in that sense, I agree. Brandon Ingram fits this team better than Ben Simmons. You already have Aaron Gordon, who. Ben Simmons will become eventually, in some respects. So I think Gordon's going to be a much better defender than Ben Simmons in a lot of ways. Um, so with with that in mind, no uh, good Clippers. No, no good Clippers. Um, yeah, I, I bet if you look, you'll find two um, in that commercial. Uh, with that in mind, uh, we do have a question on the Google Hangout. Again, if you have any questions, we'll try and answer them. We'll be watching the draft lottery here in just a moment. Jay Verma asks what free agents do you think the Magic may obtain this summer? I know that we um, talked a little bit about this as far as what kind of free agents the Magic could attract uh, and what kind, of, uh, what kind of roster they have to, to, to market themselves with. But if you're the Magic and it's midnight July 1st, let's assume they kept the pick and took whoever you wanted them to take, um, who do you go after? Uh, at midnight on July first, with with this roster,
1: uh, the good basketball playing man.
0: Yes. So you call Kevin Durant, and, and you, he does this. He does this. Kevin Durant laugh and politely says, uh, "I'll think about it." You know, talk to my agent, and then your the agent. You know, curses you out and says no. Uh, then who do you call? <laughs>
1: um, I think the first call is Al Horford. To be, I, I think that Horford is is the guy that you can go and he can come in and make an impact. You can maybe play him at the four in some lineups. Um, I think he's, he's a five for the most part, but he can come in. He's really versatile as a player. We, we saw that he started adding that three point shot this year. Um, he's a good defender. He, he just does so much that this team needs. Um, after that, I've thrown his name out there a few times. I, I like Harrison Barnes probably a little bit more than some. Um, I, I think that he could be a good fit. And also um, Nicholas Batum, who I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the Hornets let him go. But Batum's that, you know, jack of all trades kind of guy. And, um, you know, ultimately he would be able to come in and make an impact like we saw him do with the Hornets this year. I mean, he single-handedly changed that team, and I think he was the reason that they ended up making the playoffs. So I think those are three guys yeah, that I would, I, agree. I would be calling first. Um, if you, if you, you know, the big elephant in the room in the room is what do you do with Dwight Howard? You know,
0: he's he's way down on the list. Um, I I, I, <laughs> yeah. I I'm not touching him for a moment. I, I mean, if if I, I, mean, I, I, I agree with your list. I think Horford's the first guy you call. I don't think he's a perfect fit, but I think he gives the magic what they want, um, makes it a little more comfortable to, to, to shop Vucevic around. Them. Like I've said on numerous occasions, I don't think you trade Vucevic unless you have his replacement in place. You get Horford, you have his replacement in place. Um, I, think that, uh, I think you do make a call to Harrison Barnes. I'm not particularly high on him. I think it would be a huge risk to give him the max and turn and try and turn him into that star guy. But on this roster where it seems like everyone, you know, it's kind of top guy by committee. Uh, I think it can still be a successful place for him. Uh, I'm just concerned that he won't be able to take that next step up. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's obviously got, he's, he's been made better by being in that golden state system. And so I, I, I'm a little hesitant, but I think he, I think he put a phone call in there. Yep. Um, I, I agree I, with the team, although I don't think he's gonna, he's gonna make that move. Um, after that, though, I think the well starts getting pretty dry.
1: Do, uh, do you call there. DeMar DeRozan?
0: Depends. Depends. I mean, you're gonna try and resign Evan Fournier. Um, I think. I think uh, you, you, you may, you maybe make the call, but you know you've got Victor Oladipo, so it depends on what your, your assessment of the trade market is. They're currently introducing the uh, the. Uh, we'll cut that off there. Thank you for the question. Currently uh, introducing the representatives. Uh, here's uh, Mr. Rob Hennigan of the Orlando Magic on your TV. I've got my prop ready. I've got my big board. As you can see, we've got the lottery order as best I can do it. This is this is circa 1995. Um, so we'll be keeping track of things um, as this as the draft lottery gets started. For those that are watching, the Magic here drafting at 11. This is my best weatherman. That's somewhere over here, right there. Um, they cannot get higher than 11 unless they're in the top three. So if 11 passes and the magic have not been named, they're in the top three. They can fall to 12, 13, or 14. Um, this is supposed to be the Wizards, but it will go to Phoenix if, uh, if it's not in the top three. Uh, so we'll see uh, what happens here. Um, they're int- again, they're introducing the dais. Uh, what what are your lottery, what are your lottery inklings here? Do, do you, do you have your lucky charm ready? I'm wearing mine actually. Um, I'm for my lucky charm. I am wearing my 2009 Eastern conference championship shirt. Zach, do you have any lucky charms, uh, for, to, to bring the magic some, some good fortune here in the next, in the next few moments as we, as we wait the, uh, the unveiling of the lottery order?
1: Um, no, i unfortunately I don't. I, uh, I'm actually, uh, sitting on, (laughs) sitting on the same floor that I have previously to, uh, for draft lotteries. So we'll see if that, that works out. Um, I I think that the magic probably end up at 11 if, if they
0: move. There's a 90% chance of that happening. It's probably going to happen. I know
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm very bold with, with my, uh, with my takes here. Um, so I did have a question from my peanut gallery that's watching me from inside my living room. Oh, go for it. Um, my mom asked uh, go for it. us about Pat Williams because she thought that he was going to be the one up on stage. For clarification for people, Pat Williams was the one that was kissing the balls before they went in to the um, machine to try to give the team good luck.
0: Yes. Uh, Pat Rob Hennigan's on the stage. Pat Williams for so, the second straight year is actually in the room where they're drawing the lottery.
1: Where they um, draw the lottery. Took... Yes. About...
0: Yes. They, they, that already I mean, took place. The lottery yeah. is done, folks. The, the number one pick has been decided. We're just waiting for Ernst Young to deliver we're those just, wonderfully juicy envelopes.
1: We're just waiting for Adrian Wojnarowski to tweet it out.
0: I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski's already determined it. Um, Zach Lowe's probably in that room again. I know he was in there last year. Um, the other thing we got to watch out for, too, and I forgot to mention this. Let me pull up my draft board here. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers here have the second best lottery odds, but if they fall, but the Magic want them to fall out of the top three and get four because then that pick gets conveyed to the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Magic will get that pick, get that pick from the Dwight Howard trade in 2018. The Magic need that pick to be conveyed to the 76ers either this year or next year next to get year. that pick. Um, so this this is actually a big deal coming up here uh, in in the draft lottery. So even though the Magic will be will be probably picking eleventh and probably announced eleventh after this commercial break, we'll also be watching to see if the Lakers get a top three pick.
1: We'll be we'll be watching.
0: Any gut feeling on that? Um. Oh, no! Go go for it! Go for it!
1: Do I have a gut feeling on that? Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I don't believe that the uh, the draft lottery is rigged. Um But the,
0: the it can't Lakers, be Rick the magic one it three times.
1: It, yeah, the Lakers are going to end up with a top no, the three. The NBA
0: pick. hates the magic. We know the NBA hates the magic.
1: Yeah. well, they don't hate the magic. Let's let's not be Let's not be testy here. Um, no, I, I think that that ends up being a top three pick. Um, I, I think that I, I think that we end up going pretty chalky tonight to be honest. I think that this um, is this is the year that maybe we see a, a team with the worst record finally jump up and and keep that pick. Or Minnesota did that last year, didn't they?
0: Minnesota did that last year. So that would be um, I am looking at I'm looking at my board now. right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a random stab here. I am going to predict What's that team.
1: See, th- this is why Phil's here, because he likes to have bolder takes than I do at times. Um,
0: and- I did promise someone the takes would be keeping at 100. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to predict the Phoenix Suns get the number one pick uh, from the four spot. That's, that is my educated, uneducated guess, that the Phoenix Suns, this team right here, We'll be the. We'll get the number one pick. Phoenix getting the number uh, from the fourth spot.
1: Phoenix getting the number one pick would be really intriguing because I, I feel like that's a team that's closer than what this year showed. I, I think that the the yeah. Eric Bledsoe injury. There's a
0: lot of there's a lot of nastiness. There's there's injuries and a lot of nastiness in that locker room that, that that's tough for a young team to overcome. Coach.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know they're in a really good spot. They have. Uh, Three headed monster in the backcourt of Eric Bledsoe, yeah. Brandon Knight, and Devin Booker. Who, B- Booker might be the so, so
0: so so clearly you take Chris Dunn. Y-
1: yes, uh, Booker might be the <laughs> Booker might be a top five shooter in the NBA right now.
0: Ooh, ooh, you said there were no. You said you weren't giving any hot takes today.
1: I picked Devin Booker.
0: He, he did. He what, what did he what did he shoot in the in shoot for the season from beyond the arc? Like thirty four percent.
1: I th- It might have been.
0: He wasn't. I mean, I know he came on strong toward the end of the year, but
1: I think that, um, that some of that is also the fact that he would—they just gave him the green light. He was just jacking. He—he's yeah. a super pure oh, shooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. My, he was actually my selection to win the um,
0: three-point three-point
1: yeah. contest. I. Yeah. I was probably.
0: Don't don't ever bet against don't bet against the Splash Brothers, dude. I, yeah, I know.
1: You know. Um, it was done. one time.
0: I know the Thunder are trying, and and, and yesterday was was awesome. Watching, you know, watching the Thunder steal that game, but you know, all right, Golden State, I think, still the team. All right, it is it is envelope time. Who's it, ready to watch the draft? Who's ready to watch two people watching the draft lottery on YouTube? Everyone, everyone.
1: All right. Well, here we go. Uh, it's our our one time to bond with Mark Tatum for the year.
0: We want Russ. We want Russ.
1: No surprise there.
0: No surprise there.
1: That blue suit is something that Jimmy Butler is wearing.
0: It look, he looks good blue. Yes, that's correct. This is Phoenix. I lost the Suns button. This, that's Phoenix. Oh, now I'm getting nervous. Now I'm getting nervous. The Magic did not move down, everyone. They are, they are slated to go next. The Orlando Magic. There we go. The Orlando Magic will pick 11th in the NBA draft. Uh, no surprise, about a 90% chance for that to happen. So, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. This should be Milwaukee. Yep. I, just, I want everyone to admire the, the old logos, if, if you will. Um, this was made in 1995. This was a birthday gift. Um, you know, you got Golden State here. It's a pretty good old logo.
1: The Toronto. Uh, this should be Toronto. Yep. Um, they had, that's a, Toronto had no chance of winning the top – Pick so that was that one was set in stone.
0: Yeah, this this pick this pick came from
1: Denver. Where would it come
0: from? Denver,
1: Sacramento, Sacramento so far, also chalk. had no chance of winning the draft lottery. So
0: yes, we are yes, we are completely chalk.
1: The Denver Nuggets
0: still chalk. Next should be New Orleans. I don't have a New Orleans button. Where would I go? Still completely chalk. I disappeared. That's okay. Um, Professor, our, our friend Professor Corey asked us uh, who the Magic should take with the number one pick. Um, yeah, that's not. Well, it. We're going
1: to be taking Corey with the number one
0: pick. Actually, I, I would take Corey with the number one pick in my in, in, in my in my blogger uh, in my Magic blogger uh, draft. Um, looking to looking to add some pieces to this this off season. All right, fourth pick should be Phoenix. we have a chalk so the magic so that's actually important that phoenix got the number four pick um we're chalking the top three uh it is important the magic got the number four pick what happens now is the magic um or the, the lakers i believe that pick next year is also top three protected yes yeah so the lakers um next year have a their pick is top three protected um if they fall outside the top three it goes to philadelphia um if it's conveyed, then the Magic get an unprotected first-round pick in 2019. If it's not conveyed next year, the Magic would get two second-round picks. I believe one in 2018 and one in 2019, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I believe that is right. Um,
0: so that is that is a big deal that the Lakers stayed in the top three uh, and did not fall into the into the top and out of the top three because uh, it, it does have implications uh, for the Magic. So. Philadelphia, L.A., and Boston are going to be your top three picks. Boston, of course, getting that pick from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, obviously, Philadelphia, you know, they kind of played this tank game perfectly now and, of course, fired their GM. Uh, what do you make of this top three? Who needs the number one pick? Philadelphia. 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 Do, they take, do they stick with Simmons, stay big, or do they take Brandon Ingram and finally get a guard? Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, of course. Well, they need a point guard because, you know, they traded yeah. Michael Carter-Williams, uh, which was a good decision. Um, yes,
1: yes, Michael Carter-Williams is yeah. not
0: a great basketball man. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how Boston handles this third pick. I don't think we've seen a team this good have a pick this high since Darko Milicic with the Pistons. So, of course, they're going to take Dragon Bender, and those, those comparisons are going to begin immediately. Uh, and they could actually use Dragon Bender. But – um, they could actually use Brandon Ingram, and they could actually use Ben Simmons. Uh, that that Celtics team with getting a top three pick here, um, really, really interesting to me. Uh, that that could make them demonstrably better. Like that would be a really good environment for a rookie to go to.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Boston is an ideal situation for for anybody, really. You know, that team is is pretty good. I, I think that we see how good the coach Brad Stevens is, and it's going it to continue to grow to be. And they have that core with Isaiah Thomas. You have Avery Bradley. They have um, Marcus Smart, who apparently decides to only hit threes in the Amway Center. I believe he hit five.
0: Only, only that I believe he
1: hit five of his ten threes this uh, center. That, that, that He hit more than ten threes this season. I know.
0: Yeah. And he he, he couldn't make them. And apparently, I mean, I don't know what happened in his workout, but I assume he didn't make enough during his workouts with the Magic to have them actually take him uh, when they when they took Gordon. So especially when the Magic needed a point guard. Um, So we're down to the final three. Uh, Our guy Brett Brown with the with the uh, representing the Sixers. Mitch Kupchak representing the Lakers. And uh, representing the Boston Celtics is one Isaiah Thomas, um, who wins a one-on-one game between prime Mitch Kupchak and uh, Isaiah Thomas. Did Mitch Kupchak play? I think he did.
1: Maybe. Mitch, I think I. I,
0: I, <laughs> I think he did.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Obligatory. We want Russ. Russ Granick, deputy commissioner, forever in our dreams and in our hearts. The Boston, um, the Boston Celtics will pick third, so we are chalk all the way. This is this is this is exactly what the lottery is here for, folks. Um, the number two pick goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Philadelphia seventy six ers have finally struck gold. They will take Jakob in- they will take Jakob Pertl, and he will be injured for all time. Um, we, so we, obviously, need a, we
1: need a live look right now at the uh, draft party that our friends at Liberty Ballers are throwing um, yes. in Philadelphia that is apparently very um, – is is supposedly very um, well-attended. I, I believe that nice. I heard from one of my colleagues or one of my cohorts over there that uh, they gave out about 800 park- – or no, about – 1,800 parking passes for the event. Wow. And, Good
0: job, Liberty Ballers.
1: And they were expecting a lot more people. Um, I know that the SB Nation head of the NBA division, Seth Pollock, was taking the train into um, Philadelphia for the day to uh, to hang out with the, the guys there. So that's, uh, that's, that's really awesome, cool for yeah, the Sixers. Just- I, I think that... I think that's going to be really good for them. Um,
0: yeah, obviously, I mean, that, I mean, there are two potentially franchise-changing players uh, in this draft that we can see already uh, in in Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think, you know, I think that I think Brandon Ingram probably makes the most sense for them. I'll probably start making an early mock draft uh, right after we're done here, um, and I write my article. Uh, You know, I, I, obviously Sixers struck gold. They, they got, they got what they wanted. Um, and, uh, everyone is, is happy now. And of course, you know, now the conspiracy theory theorists can begin because to coming called this at about three, four o'clock today. Um, so yeah. Uh, that should about do it. Um, Zach, you have any, any closing thoughts here as we, we get set for game one of the Eastern conference finals.
1: Yes. Um, our, our buddy Corey, um, chimes in again with another question for us. Uh, now that we know Dikembe, <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo correctly announced a number one pick, how long do you think he's been part of the shadowy underworld of the NBA Illuminati?
0: You probably can't see me because I'm not talking, but I am wagging my no, no, finger. No, 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 We, uh, we don't talk about the NBA Illuminati. We don't
1: we don't question Dikembe Mutombo either because uh he could uh he could probably sit on both of us at the same time and block both of our shots at the same time.
0: He can still, I mean, yeah.
1: So, um
0: yeah, no, he, could, he probably he probably could. His his hand could probably crush both of our heads.
1: It it could probably Uh-oh. uh <laughs> it, it probably could. I my head's pretty big. So, um you know. You know, I, I think the, the one thing is, what, what does this mean for Sam Hinkey?: Because... He
0: put in all the work. He put in all the work and doesn't get the reward. I mean, the, the bottom line is, like, I know that this, these last four years have been really hard for Magic fans. Um, this isn't something we're used, we're used to as a franchise, to be frank. I mean, we've tied, uh, the Magic tied the longest stretch they've been without an All-Star, or they broke that. Um, they tied the longest stretch without without making the playoffs this year. Um, they're not used to to being this low and to to build a sustainable winner. It takes it takes a good coach, which the Magic didn't get off the bat. It takes some lottery luck to get your superstar players in place, which the Magic didn't get. Um, um, but but when, you're, you're also when your losses, losses, and you guys and does, start making progress, progress and start moving forward. Um, and the Sixers. You know, I give them all the credit in the world for, for doing this 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 thing with Hinkie where I think the Sixers start trying to take steps forward. They've they've got their core in place. They've got all those assets. And um, they
1: you've got to they, imagine that uh, Dario Sarge is going to come over this summer. That gives them yep. another piece. You know.
0: I mean, the, you you take some long you take some short-term losses for long-term gains and you know, it's tough to do as a fan. You got to be really bought in and really believe in it. Um, there are, there have been times when I was like, the Magic should have done something like that. Like, I mean, Vucevic, you have him on a bargain deal. I like him a lot, but you're not going to win a championship with him. So why commit to him? Um, it it's this. You know, you, it's it's tough building an NBA team is not easy. Only one team gets to win the championship, and as we're seeing you can have the best player in the world in LeBron James and it's still not enough. You can still mess up. You can still not have the right pieces in place and that throws the whole thing out of whack. Um, And so, um, you know, Rob Hennigan's had some tough luck. I I, I think he's played it very, very safe. I'm sure he'll try and take some risks moving forward now. Um, But you know, you gotta hit on some draft picks, which I think the Magic have, I think the Magic have drafted pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't like Minnesota Sacramento where they've had absolute busts who can't play and that's no I mean, no offense to Minnesota and Sacramento, but they've they've drafted they've had some bad drafts.
1: What, what, um, why I don't think that why you gotta talk mm-hmm. about Johnny Flynn like that.
0: Oh, I was there when they drafted Johnny Flynn. Like I was there. Um most most people don't know. I worked for the Timberwolves that summer and it was they had to draft Ricky Rubio but yeah that was that everyone was scratching their heads on that one um but you can't you can't mess those up when those opportunities come around and i don't think the magic have had that opportunity yet to be frank uh and so you know part of you wants to say let's keep playing the lottery and and you know wait until that opportunity comes and part of you's like let's move forward with what we got and make an opportunity through a trade and so you know i think the first big move we'll see this summer from the magic is a lot of trade rumors, um, especially around the draft. Um, I think we'll see the Magic shop that pick aggressively, shop that pick with another player to bring in a quality vet to help attract a free agent. Um, show off maybe some Victor Oladipo highlights to try and uh, try and entice someone to say this guy's been really good and Aaron Gordon's been really good and you just need you. Um, but you know we'll see we'll see what they what they do this summer. It's obviously a big one. Um, I think you and I will both both uh, have some things going on. Uh, we'll we'll chat, I'm sure, during the summer as well before summer league uh, to to get a to get a, a bit of a flavor of, of where the Magic are going to go. Summer um, league Zach, is going to be
1: here before we even know it.
0: No, uh, yeah, well, the draft is going to sneak up on us in the next in the next month. Um, Zach, uh, let, you know, let's close it out. I know everyone wants to start watching the game pretty soon when it starts. Um, any last any last thoughts before we before we sign off here?
1: Yep. I I expected it to be a chalky night. Um, I I think that it's awesome for Philadelphia to finally get that number one pick. Um, You know, for all the flack that they get for tanking, I I think they're doing it the right way. Um, I I don't think that we just go and pay guys just because they have one good season when they clearly show that they're not that good of a player. Um, So, you know, good for them. And I, I think that we expect this for the Magic and if they keep the pick, cool. We'll we'll get another rookie. If not, then they can they can go and maybe make a move for a veteran. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh we should have a, a coaching announcement probably in the next week and a half, maybe two weeks here, we'd guess.
0: Yeah. It's probably I would probably I would I would probably bet next week I would say before my early I think it'll be figured, I think it'll be done
1: yeah I, I tend to agree they they need to get it done um they they have to have somebody in
0: place I think I think I think their list is very very short um mm-hmm. it's probably Vogel it's definitely Griffin and it's maybe Hornacek, and I think that's it
1: I think James that's, I, I, that's just guessing. I, I think I, James Bray goes ahead of Hornacek.
0: you think you think you think he's really there he it wouldn't surprise me, but nothing because nothing surprises me in the NBA. Um, my my closing thought here is um, I think I think um, while everyone wants a lot of big moves for the magic, uh, I think that there's a very real possibility that the magic try and remain patient, um, make some smaller moves. I, I'm actually not expecting a big max contract from the magic this summer. I think they'll look to make smaller moves, bring in some veterans, help supplement this roster. Maybe replace Seven Fournier, maybe resign him, depending on what the price is. I think do with where the Magic are at um, is actually to overspend on a guy and, and hamstring mm-hmm. yourself and have yourself kind of caught um, with a roster you can't do anything with. Um, yep. That's how GMs get fired. GMs get fired taking unnecessary, uncalculated risks and hamstringing their roster. Say what you want about Tobias Harris, both good or bad. They signed that contract knowing they'd be able to move it, and they did very quickly. Um, That's a good contract. Nikola Vucevic, say what you want about him as a player and the ceiling he puts on your roster, but with that salary and his production, they'll be able to move him for something at some point. Um, Or just let the contract run out and then move move on from there. do is invest in the wrong guys. That's when mistakes are made. Um, I think if they made one mistake, it's they haven't been risky enough. But I I, I think Rob Hennigan is trying to make calculated risks, not reckless ones. And reckless risks are how GMs get fired. So that would be my closing thought before we enter the free agency. Um, That should do it for the NBA Draft Lottery Spectacular. Um, Thanks, everyone, for watching, Um, no matter when you watched it. Uh, We have really, really happy. Um, I don't know, Zach. I don't know if you can see the viewer list on my screen, but we had all for watching this. We'll try and do this a little bit more. We wanted to do this during the season and kind of fell through the cracks. Um, Really, really happy to have it. Make sure you visit Zach Oliver over at uh, Orlando Pinstripe Post, orlandopinstripepost.com. dot com. Is it at OPP Magic Blog? Yes, it is. At OPP Magic Blog on Twitter as well as at Zach Oliver NBA. My name is Phil Rostenreich. I'm the editor of Orlando Magic Daily. You can visit us at orlandomagicdaily.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. For anything else, that'll do it. Thanks everyone for watching the NBA Draft Lottery with us. Uh, we will catch you the next time we, we, do, we broadcast. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.